Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border around the globe over Red State Red State Talk, our flagship station. And um, hey, folks, uh, thank you for coming along with us um, as we build this bridge. Uh, a lot, a lot uh, jam-packed show for you uh, today. Got uh, Pastor Christine Coleman coming on at the bottom of the hour. She is from Rwanda, uh, was there during the 1993 genocide that was going on uh, in her country. She has written the book, SOS um, Rwanda 30-Year Apocalypse. SOS Rwanda 30-Year Apocalypse. We're going to get into talking about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, coming up at the top of the hour, David Williams, um, political scientist, uh, will be coming on with us and um, we'll be talking to him about um, his endeavors and what he's doing uh, to make it better and to improve our condition as Americans and American political society. I'm CL, and again, thank you for coming along with us. Uh, We have some things that we are going to have to seriously take consideration of uh, here. And, And by the way, before we get into our discussion today, I need to let you know that I am sort of um, um, adrift right now because you're going to have to figure out, um, well, we already know the 27th of June is the date that uh, my daughters, my son and I have um, uh, arranged or or chosen to have their mother's, my wife's uh, memorial service in Shreveport. And so I will be um, relocating briefly, well, for a little bit. Uh, back home to Louisiana until I can get some business things and things settled in. You know, keep in mind, I haven't been able, my family hasn't been able to actually uh, bring any closure or get together or um, the way we would like uh, since my wife has passed. And so uh, the, the June 27th is when we are going to um, uh, attempt uh, to get back together, surely the country is opening up and because the country is opening up is because we're, it's why we're making those types of plans so uh the the show will go on of course i'll be on daily um but i just wanted to give you the heads up that uh there's going to be some modifications in the way i'm going to have to uh do the show and live my life for the next um 
few months and for the next few weeks until I get settled in again to um, Louisiana. And then um, I guess I'll be there about three or four months. And then I'll be um, deciding whether or not to come back permanently to Colorado. And it will be a, wherever I move to, more than likely for me is going to be a permanent move. Uh, not that I'm you know, planning on dying anywhere, but I, I love Colorado. I, I could live here the rest of my days. And for whatever reason, Jane wanted me to come here. And so uh, she certainly wanted to come here. And uh, so all that could change. You never know what may happen. Still emotionally attached big time to um, the loss and memory of my wife. Obviously, it's only been 90 days um, today. Uh, and, um, well, not 90, yeah. Well, nine weeks. It's been nine weeks today. And um, so it's been, well, 10 weeks, 10 weeks today. And so it's uh, been kind of tough. But anyway, restrictions on worship and restrictions on uh, people of faith gathering together is going to be challenged, certainly in California, where this is going on blatantly. But there are no restrictions on haircuts and nail salons. Americans, uh, I don't care if you're a believer, non-believer, atheist, uh, Christian, whoever, if you believe in the Constitution of the United States at all, if you believe in the fact that you are an American, um, you can call yourself whatever you want. Uh, you can be a smart aleck and call yourself whatever you want, but I dare you to go and try that same smart alecky stuff in Russia or China or Cuba, for that matter. And go down to Mexico and try that smart alecky stuff. You see, it's only here in America that you can be a smart aleck and say, well, we're really not American. Yeah, right, right, idiot, right, idiot. <laughs> you see, and, and, and I'm telling you that this is leading to big and strange things that are going to happen in our, na in our nation. When you have people who are trying to push an agenda where you, they're, they're going to put restrictions on people of faith gathering for worship, and I say people of faith. I'm not talking about Christians, but I'm sure Christians are certainly the target. But Muslims are not supposed to gather. Jews are not supposed to gather. Nobody's supposed to gather who is uh, of a religious or a faithful ilk. But you can go to the hair salon. And you can go get your hair cut, nail salon. You can go to Walmart, but you can't go to church. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I want to know how that works out for you. It's not going to work out very well. It's not going to work out very well for you at all in California, uh, trying to do that thing. Because, uh, you see, all of this is being exposed. All of this is the, the, the cover is being pulled back and people's behinds are being seen uh, in, in ways that they've never been seen before. They're being exposed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're being exposed. And people are doing scuffling and just scrambling to try to put the covers back on their minds. But uh, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you have planted, that's what comes up. Now, what is he talking about? What does he mean by that?
the breakdown of the American family has led to so much of what we are experiencing today. Be not deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever you plant in your journey, on your journey as you live your life, whatever you plant, don't be deceived. That will come up in your life. And many times it comes up at times in times when it is most inconvenient for that planting and that uh, bad seed that you planted for it to sprout up. But it, it, it'll sprout up. Now you can soon overcome it. It'll soon fade away if you don't fade, if you don't faint, if you, if you don't grow weary of doing good stuff to plant a field, a harvest that is good. If you don't faint, you'll reap that in due season. But the stuff that you have planted, don't, don't, don't. The stuff that you planted before you start planting good stuff, before you start being goody two shoes and all that kind of stuff, before you start going to church and, and hanging out with the Lord and all that kind of stuff, before you started doing all that, you planted some stuff out there. Be not deceived, Americans, individual, whoever you are. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever you have sown, whatsoever you have planted, that will you also reap. It's going to come up. In America, what we're seeing is a reaping of our allowing the family to be destroyed by big government. Oh, yeah. The reason our young people do not have the sense and sensibility of what it is to be an American, the way uh, us baby boomers, and the reason I, I tweeted out earlier that picture of Hogan's Heroes, follow me on Twitter, at at Rev, R-E-V, C.L. Bryant, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app if you don't get both hours of the show on your terrestrial or um, your replay feed. You can get the show live and in living color uh, by downloading the T.H.E. C.L. Bryant Show app. But the reason I posted that um, Hogan's Heroes and only baby boomers and perhaps the older children of baby boomers remember Hogan's Heroes. Okay, and you had these American POWs in Germany, a German prison camp, a Nazi prison camp, and the leader of them was Hogan. Uh, a uh, it was played by Bob Crane, Hogan, Colonel Hogan, and um, then you had the bad guys, the Nazis, Sorry, uh, Colonel Klink, and uh, a lovable character, although stupid, and he was a Nazi, uh, Schultz, Sergeant Schultz. The reason I posted that is because it takes us back to a time, and when I say the children of baby boomers, and when I say the children of those children, we're actually talking about two different sets of people. When you talk about the children of baby boomers, which is me, I'm a black man, conservative, I'm a Republican. I was uh, just two generations away from slavery. Okay? Yeah, when I was born in 1956, I was just two generations away from slavery. 
So I was born to a two-parent, upper-middle-class black family, Elsie and Elnola Bryant. Both of them come off the farm, pick cotton, my, you know, all, both of them, you know, come off the farm. My mother was the better of the two. She, their family had land, but they didn't have any money. And I still hold on to that uh, land that they, a piece of it anyway, a parcel of it anyway. And my father, no, the Bryants, uh, we were the other children of the slave masters. He was, he was the other children uh, of the slave masters. And Bryant is actually my name. I'll tell you that story one of these days. But at least there was a family. And Dr. Thomas Sowell puts it probably best when he says that even during slavery itself, in the, in the height of Jim, even in the height of Jim Crow, you had more black children born to two-parent families than you do today. The breakdown of the American family, black or white, still attributes to our children not understanding that you take care of your house first. And even though that is an ingrained um, idea that you know, all of us naturally have, there is uh, a, an opportunity in a society where the family is breaking down, where you get this one for all and all for one type of mentality without thinking of family, family first. When you don't have a uh, a family unit, a nuclear unit to think of first, it breaks down the um, team idea of us against the world. And it becomes more like a we are the world type of situation. Which is detrimental, which is harmful to the growth of um, and the, the health of any nation that's wanting to remain sovereign and to a people who are wanting to remain independent of uh, big government. Once you uh, start the we are the world type of mentality, then you begin to lose your sovereign ability to remain free and exercise your liberty. We're not going by the book. <laughs> the, the, the book, the textbook uh, model for humanity is one man, one woman uh, creating children. Yeah. And that man working by the sweat of his brow and the woman helping him alongside him to feed that family, to build a society. That is the textbook model for humanity. One man, one woman creating family, that man and that woman side by side working by the sweat of their brow to feed their family, teaching them to do the same. And whatever gifts God bestows upon the offspring as they come along, then they are to use those gifts to better mankind, as we have been doing for lo these many eons. But now things are changing. 
things are changing. And we must be aware just how they're changing and why they're changing. And so, all of stay with me. This show is going to be one that you will take with you always. My next guest uh, coming up will be Pastor Christine Coleman, uh, Reverend Christine Coleman. She is the author of a new book. It's called SOS, Rwanda's 30-Year Apocalypse. Now, we know that there are absolute atrocious things that are going on in America currently. But still, as I tell you all the time, you, black, white, red, yellow, brown, whoever you are, you much rather be here. And I know you brown people know this. Of course, uh, you're wanting to say that all of the Southwest United States is yours anyway. It was, maybe, but it's not now. (laughs) It was the same way as uh, America once was someone else's land. The same as where you're probably sitting wherever you are on the globe, unless you're in China. It'd be hard to trace it back. But wherever you are on the globe, other than in China, that was somebody else's at one time. So don't come to me with that lame, oh, you took me, we, we just, stop it, please. <laughs> please stop. The house that you lived in, you don't know what went on. You don't know how you got it. And you don't know how, whose hands it went through before you wind up sleeping there. So stop it, okay? Enjoy where where God has placed you at this point in time because you can't relive what happened to those who came before you. It just cannot. It just can't. Uh, You can't undo anything. So let's move on. Let's move forward. Let's reopen this country and let's find out what happened with uh, this thing that went wrong with Flynn. Let's find out what Susan Rice meant by uh, the POTUS, the president, wants this done by the book. Does that mean that there have been things that were not done by the book, but this had to be done by the book uh, when it came to cleaning this up for Flynn? Huh? (laughs) By the book, huh? Okay. Let me tell you, if we don't straighten this out, we're going to see government taking us over like they have taken over many places in this world, like Rwanda. Our next guest will tell us all about it when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Go to christinecoleman.org, christinecoleman.org. Fascinating uh, book uh, that she has written. It's called S.O.S. That is the International um, Signal uh, for Distress, uh, Morse Code signal for distress uh it uh traditionally has meant either two things actually it stands for nothing it's just an international signal for distress in mars code um but uh, people we always will give uh, acronyms some type of meaning or some type of uh, definition save our souls or save our ship um was the uh definition of those letters that SOS meant. And our next guest, um, Reverend Christine Coleman, coming up in just a couple minutes, will shed light on what genocide, blood lust, is all about. Oh, we haven't reached that point in America yet. But friends, I must admit to you, I am quite concerned, very concerned what will happen to our society, our nation, if God uh, withdraws his hand of grace from us and mercy and um, allows this virus to flare up again. You see, my trust in him says that he can allow, he can cause this to go away. Or at least shield uh, us from the horrible and the evil effects of it. And many times we we see evil around the world and we wonder just how is it possible that that continues to occur? Well, it's because there are people there. The things that we do as people don't ever think that God approves of it, but you have a right to do it because you have freedom to do what you want to do. Uh, that's your will that you have. You can do whatever you want to do. You can walk out in the middle of the freeway if you want to in front of an oncoming Mack truck. If you choose to do that, you can. And what I'm saying to you, America, is that we are choosing to be self-destructive. And I'm not talking about uh getting our business and our businesses up and going again. If we don't, that is counterproductive to how and why we were created. We were created to be productive. You're either consuming or you're producing. And right now, we're doing too much, far too much consuming. Coming on with me right now is uh, my next guest. 
uh, I met her, and, um, and she and I were actually um, doing a little bit of civil disobedience. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but we were doing a little civil disobedience uh, here a couple of weeks ago. And neither one of us, uh, from what I know, I'm not ill, she's not ill, but we were around a whole bunch of folks uh, doing some things on behalf of this nation. And uh, she understands this perhaps better than so many of us. She is the author of the book S.O.S., Rwanda's 30-Year Apocalypse. She is Pastor Christine Coleman. Help me welcome her for the first time to the C.L. Bryant Show. Pastor Coleman, thank you so much for being there. Pastor? Okay, Michelle, I'm not getting her for some reason. All right. Let me know. Uh, You might want to hang up and call back or something of that nature. I don't know. But um, Pastor Christine Coleman is going to be my special guest. And Pastor, are you there? Well, she has written this book. It is called S.O.S., Rwanda's 30-Year Apocalypse. S.O.S. And I want to have all of you get this in your head. And that is, and I've warned against this for years, but there are actually real hands, real people in high office right now who want this country this most exceptional of all nations, to become common, just like all the other nations on the earth. And, and they actually believe that what I am saying is somehow American arrogance. Somehow uh, politically incorrect to say that your own nation is exceptional among all nations. Oh, I even if I was... Um, a New Guinea pygmy nation citizen my nation would still be the most exceptional among them all doesn't that make sense huh doesn't that mean that somehow you uh, are have great um pride and who you are, where you come from, and who your people were, doesn't 
it makes sense to have that type of pride? Huh? Why wouldn't it? Now, if I was able, I'm sorry, I wasn't able. I don't know what I thought. Um, um, Christine was there. I thought um, Pastor Coleman was there. But uh, evidently, uh, we had some technical difficulties, and, well, she she wasn't. <laughs> and so um, we'll get her back on, or we'll get her on, uh, when we can. So let's move on. Let's get back to what we were talking about. My next guest will be David Williams. I guess we'll get him on. Are we going to do that? All right. We're going to have the tech thing fixed there? Everything going to be good? Okay. Live radio is interesting always. But friends, listen to me. The very things that we are facing in this country right now, I do believe are happening because of the breakdown of the American family. You see, there, there, there's always a reaping of what you have planted. In America, we cannot ignore the fact that we planted some really bad seed back in the late 60s and all through the 70s, 80s, and the 90s. We have seed of 30 years that we have just recklessly allowed negative influences to impact our schools, our churches, and our society, all in the name of what we thought we would call social progress, of trying to balance the social justice scale and, and, and understand something. Listen to me, because this is what this is what many people uh, who are black like me misunderstand about black conservatives like me. Oh, I, I understand how our people came up. I mean, you know, I'm just two generations away from slavery, like most of them who are boomers. And you're still alive. You're still around. And I, I knew my great grand grand grandmother. You see, I knew her. And so that was the most important thing uh, to all of us. We're going to try again to get in the author of the book, S.O.S., Rwanda's 30-Year Apocalypse, Reverend Christine Coleman. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I am very good, thank you. And you? 
I am doing quite well, um, Christine, uh, Reverend Coleman. Thank you so much for being on with us. I'm sorry for any difficulties that we may have had, but we have you now. And so let's get right into talking about SOS. All of you know, who are listening around the globe and throughout the Fruited Plains of America, you know that that is the international uh, signal of distress. Uh, Save Our Souls is what some had given the name of that acronym to, or Save Our Ship. On with me is uh, Christine Coleman, who has written the book, and she is from Rwanda. She has seen the bloodlust that has gone on in that nation and has lived to tell about it. Christine, tell us why you wrote and took the time to write this book. Uh, yes, I am from Rwanda, and uh, in 1990, uh, we had a war between uh, the tribes, especially in Rwanda. And before this war, Rwanda was a peaceful country. When you go to our state department, you will never find a report where people are being killed, where journalists are thrown in a jail where people are being abused uh, but ever since the war to this day people are dying especially Christians people are being killed people are being abused and uh, nobody really in the mainstream media is talking about this it needs to be known that's why I wrote this book thank you Well, thank you uh, for sharing that with me. Now, we've heard and we've seen, we've seen the the movie with Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, one of the great actors of America, uh, uh, made a movie. It was called Hotel Rwanda. If you have not seen it, be sure to see it. Christine, give us your opinion on why this type of genocide, why this type of murder and carnage, bloodlust, what caused it? Where did it come from? What happened? Yeah, so in Rwanda there are too many tribes. There is a Hutu who are 85% of the population. And then there is the Tutsis. Now, Tutsis are 14%. And during uh, the time of colony, uh, they were the ones who could be kings. Uh, however, during the revolution in 1959, they lost, and uh, many Tutsis exiled abroad. After 30 years, they decided to come, and when they come, it's a great thing. I really support uh, that the refugees should be repatriated back home. But the leader of this group, his name is Kagame, when he comes, it's not about anything else. It's power. He wants power. And he wants power by any means. And one of the ways is to destroy, is to uh, shed blood. And uh, this is what led to the killings. Uh, So the war ended up into a genocide in 1994 where the plane that was carrying the president of Rwanda and even another president of Burundi, it was shot down 
by Kagame's agent. Kagame is a truth who is trying to return, but he wants power. He doesn't just want to return. He wants power, and he destroys the plane. And when the plane is destroyed, the Rwanda population, many Hutus, they are angry because they are provoked. And the killing begins, and uh, there was a killing against the Tutsi, mm-hmm. especially by Hutus. However, in the area where Kagame controls, <laughs> he also killed. The war ended in July 1999 when Kagame won the war, and to this day, he's the president in power. But the saddest thing is that ever since, the killings continue to this day. Thank you. Wow. Um, you know, folks, uh, the reason I wanted you to hear Reverend Coleman, Christine Coleman, give that side of the story of what caused the war and genocide and carnage in Rwanda was because that same type of thing can occur over power anywhere. And what's happening here in America right now, this thing that's happening right now in America, this is actually the root cause of a power struggle. If the Chinese actually caused this, it's because they did not want to lose any grip on world power that they may have had. We're going to talk about the effects of that. I want to hear more of the Christine Coleman story when we return. Why and how did she come to America is what we want to uh, hear and what we want to understand. We want you to understand what she means by mass murder, by blood lust from someone who is from Rwanda. All my fellow Americans, I need to say this to you. I do believe that in too many instances, we have rose-colored glasses on, not understanding that there is an entire world out there that experiences a different existence than we do here in the land of Oz. Oh, we have problems in the land of Oz. There's wicked witches everywhere. But we are cut off in too many ways from the real world. Reverend Christine Coleman will help us see it when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, daily. Christine, stay with me through the break, and uh, we're going to return with her. We're going to hear much more of her story here after this break. Um, If you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. Uh, on your favorite device, whatever that may be. And, of course, go to the website, vclbryantshow.com. Follow me on Twitter, at RevCLBryant. And, of course, go to my parent company, FreedomWorks, uh, freedomworks.org. Become a part of a movement, six million strong. Be right back. thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth So you clean me up inside, you thought I was to die for. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. I'll back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And, um, hey, folks, it is going to be one of those days where we are going to come face-to-face with certain realities. And um, I think that Pastor Coleman, Um, Christine Coleman is one of those realities, one of those people who can actually bring us face to face with world reality. And America, when we're facing a world pandemic, there are ways that uh, many ways that we are bringing the world even closer together. Someone who escaped carnage, who escaped uh, uh, that in Rwanda is my guest Reverend Christine Coleman, the author of the book SOS, Rwanda's 30-Year Apocalypse. Christine, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you if they want you to come and tell your story, uh, if they're church, synagogue, uh, mosque, what have you, uh, or if they want to get a hold of the book. Uh, how do they make that happen? Uh, yes, so thank you very much. I have my website. Uh, that is and this is where you can order my book or you can look it up under uh, Amazon.com. Just put in the title of the book, which is SOS, One is the 30 Year Apocalypse. Uh, and my email address is hotmail.com. I will spell that for you. Well, thank you, Christine Coleman dot org. Christine Coleman dot org. Christine, coming to America, when you came here, uh, tell us about that journey. How did you uh, arrive on these shores? Okay, first of all, let me tell you the journey of surviving. When the President Kagame uh, went behind and down the, the plane that was telling the two presidents, it was April 6, 1994. Immediately after killing those two presidents, my sister, his entire household, was wiped out. The husband, my sister, the baby was only six months. And the maid was taking care of the baby. And I was at that house, and I left the house six hours before all of the 
happen. If I had not left the house, I would have been completely destroyed. Uh, from there, I went to the countryside after leaving my sister's house, and the genocide began. People began to kill each other. The genocide lasted for three months. In July 1994, I found myself in the Congo alone, without a family. There were millions of people who left Rwanda. At the time, I was not a strong believer. I was just a Catholic, somebody who goes to church and is Sunday, but I did not have a relationship with God. So I went in Congo for three, almost two years, when President Kagame decided to come and force the refugees back. Again, in the Congo, it came healing and looting, and in the Congo, if you look in a Google mapping report, you will find out that they have killed millions of people. It was during that time I pray to God and say, if you're real, please save me. I will save you. And I did not even know what saving God meant. But God heard my prayer. I was forced back to Rwanda. I went in Rwanda and stayed there for a year. I became a born again Christian. I began to pray. And God spoke to me. He said, I will save you. I will take you to a different country. You will save me in that country, but you will, you will be the voice to speak what you have seen. Now, only in 1994, but you will speak what you have seen ever since 1990 all the way to 2020. That's how I came to USA. Wow. You know, folks, um, I, I want you to uh, get the book. Uh, it, please get the book, SOS Rwanda's uh, 30-Year Apocalypse. You see, she has now come here to this country, of course. Um, in America, you can become an American. And this is the thing, uh, folks. Think about her story. Think about what she just told you. She had no family, a woman, alone, the Congo, Rwanda. For those years that she was there, it was not easy. I want you to understand that. Read the book. And you will find an incredible woman here. A woman who has incredible courage, incredible strength, and has an incredible testimony. Um, I'm going to do everything that I can to um, um, let people know about you and your story, um, Christine. There was something very, Thank you so very much. special about... Um, uh, Delphine, uh, you know, that, that were there. There was very, very uh, good spirit, a very confident spirit about uh, the two of you. And, Pastor, I, I want to wish you well. Now, I want you uh, to share with us, uh, we have about seven minutes, uh, about six minutes left in uh, this interview with you today. But share your perspective on uh, how you view America is it still, from your perspective, a land of opportunity? Yes, I do believe America is a land of opportunity. However, we have to fight and defend the freedom that we have. All 
beautiful word is sending to me. I have traveled around the world. I come from a country where I know the dictatorship falls hand. America is the only country around the globe where we still have the freedom of speech, which, by the way, uh, the enemies of peace, they want to steal that from you. You need to stand up and fight for it. Do you understand that in Rwanda, in 2018, they called, Rwanda is a very small country, a very small size of Maryland. The president closed 8,000 churches because the church is the voice of freedom, it's the voice of truth. He closed 8,000 churches. They have put in jail all the journalists, and they have killed many journalists, and the the only ones who were left, they spread abroad so that what happens in the country cannot be known outside. So many killings, the persecution of Christians is going on. Pastors are being killed like flies, and nobody has any idea. So I would say in America, we still have a chance to rise up and to realize the blessing that God has given to this country. By the way, God is in the foundation of this nation. America is the only country also I know where you look at your money and you're reminded of God every time. In God we trust. Wow. We need to stand up protect this country because this is a country God has created to be a role model to the whole world for democracy for religious freedom you know that as America goes so the world goes we need to really do everything we can to keep this country great there is a war going on I do believe our president is a man God has put there to make sure America remains strong and the land of opportunity and the land of freedom. Wow. Michelle, I think we just found another regular on the show. Um, Hey, listen, folks. If you had forgotten Christine Coleman, Reverend Christine Coleman has just reminded you of who you are and why you have been formed as a nation, as America, to be a light unto the rest of the world, regardless of where they may come from. People coming to America are looking for the God-given opportunities that he has blessed this nation with. Uh, Reverend uh, Coleman, I I want to thank you, Christine, uh, for the book. Uh, People, check it out check it out it's it, it, it's it's uh, riveting s-o-s rwanda's 30-year apocalypse visit uh, christine coleman dot org dot o-r-g christine coleman dot o-r-g listen christine continue to fight the good fight we'll have you back on real soon uh god bless you and god keep you i know that you're going to fight the good fight because you are fighting the good fight um and 
Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I got to tell you this before I let you go. <laughs> you were a blessing uh, here to me. I got to tell the whole world. Uh, you were a blessing here to me today to hear that from uh, you, someone who I know uh, has come from hardship and now is able to speak of the joys of a God-blessed country like America. You preach today, woman. You really preach. Thank you so much for uh, uh, the message. God bless and keep you. We'll talk to you soon. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was Reverend Christine Coleman. And, um, hey, friends, I just got to tell you, um, it, 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 it all worked, and it should have worked for you, too. I got to tell you, it worked because I wasn't hearing a my familiar southern accent or my friends up in the northeast. I wasn't hearing those D's and D's, you know, or my friends up in, uh, you know, Wisconsin, you know, I wasn't I wasn't hearing uh, hearing that, you know, as far as is concerned or the hey dude or, or that type thing. My buddies out in California, uh, you know, or, or it's all right. You know, uh, what's happening, y'all from Texas? I wasn't hearing none of that. I wasn't hearing none of the colloquialisms that exist in America when I was hearing this woman with a Rwandan accent, thick Rwandan accent, speaking of the blessings of this nation that she has found herself to because it's a life raft. She's written a book, S.O.S., S.O.S. Reverend Christine Coleman has written the book, S.O.S., Rwanda's 30-year apocalypse. Wow. It's an apocalypse. A revelation, uh, a violent revelation goes on in America. But I want to talk to you about um, how that can actually affect us in our own little American way. And it, how it is affecting us. Some of the very things that Christine talked about. They're not sneaking into this country right now. They are kicking at the door. They're about to kick the door in. Are you hearing me? I'll be back. Don't go anywhere with David Williams. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Red State Talk Radio is our flagship station throughout the fruited plains, and if you're traveling through Times Square that is beginning to wake up again, be sure to look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, the iconic building, and you will see the um, billboard, the Red State Talk billboard right above Ripley's, and every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up on that big screen, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you in Times Square. Friends, that's because... We are looking at an economy that just two and a half months ago was absolutely booming. In fact, if Ocasio-Cortez had become president herself, I don't think we could have possibly have spent as much money as we are spending as taxpayers right now. We have to get well again. And someone who knows how to help us do that is my next guest, David Williams. David is president of Taxpayers Protection Alliance. We're going to find out what that's all about. Help me welcome for the first time to the show, David Williams. Thank you for being on with me. How are you, man? I'm fantastic. And CL, thank you for having me. And you're right. We're spending a lot of taxpayer money. We have gone from the benchmark of billions to now trillions. I mean, trillions, members of Congress are speaking about trillions like it's just a you know chump change but it's obviously a lot of money david uh what duty do we have as citizens of this country and why should we as citizens of this country uh watch this wild uh, spending that's going on i mean it's not that we don't care of course we care about our fellow man but what safeguards are we trying to enforce here well first and foremost it's about our money as taxpayers but it's also about our families and what's happened to our families over the past two or three months, when you look at the small businesses around this country, 33 million small businesses that were basically just put on hold because the government said so. I mean, this is, you know, let's remember, the government shut these businesses down. These people did not shut their own businesses down. The government mandated that they shut down. And, you know, enough is enough. And we need to get back to work. And these are, you know, personal stories. These are people that invested their 401ks, that spent a lot of money to open a small business, whether it's two or three people or 50 people, they have risked their life savings to open these businesses. And now they don't know what to do. And it breaks my heart to see small businesses in such turmoil. You know, David, you remind me of the words of our founders when they pledge to each other, those 56 signers of the Constitution, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor to one another. And that's what we are pledging now. We must reopen this up again because the consequences means death anyway, folks. I want you to understand that. We cannot uh, survive as a nation if, in fact, we don't work. It's, it's never been programmed that way. If, if you're a Christian, God never programmed it that way. By the sweat of our brow, we just eat meat. That's the way we're supposed to do it. And so 
David, when we think about uh, how we have lost or we are losing, I don't think we've totally lost control of it. If we were reining in the people we elect to office, we can control this again. But what must the American people do? Uh, Tell us what your organization is about. Why did you found such an organization? So I've been doing this for 27 years for a long time, and I started this organization nine years ago. And really what my goal is is to educate people about what's happening inside of Washington, D.C., whether it's Republicans or Democrats. I want people to know what's happening on a day-to-day basis inside the Beltway, inside Washington, D.C. And believe it or not, CL, I've been able to maintain my sanity the 27 years that I've been in Washington, D.C. I know it sounds uh, pretty incredible, but yes, I've maintained my sanity. But I, I always urge people to get involved And when they see something they don't like or they do like, it's to contact their member of Congress. And I really can identify with these protests, whether it's in Michigan or other parts of the country, is that people want their lives back. And we are seeing a a line, a very clear line between government officials who want to shut down the government and the free market, the people that want to reopen. And I think it's, uh, it's inspiring. I mean, it breaks my heart, like I said. But it's inspiring to see people that are so passionate about this, that they're going out and they're protesting and they want to get this economy open up again. Listen, this was a red-hot economy before it was shut down. We had tax reform. We had regulatory relief. I mean, this thing was chugging along. It was the envy of other countries. You talk to other countries and talk about tax reform, they say, well, now we have to compete with the United States. It was the exact opposite during the Obama administration is that other countries didn't worry about the U.S. and our tax code because it was such a mess. But now that we streamlined it, we cut taxes, other countries are jealous. Really? And so we had an amazing economy up until this uh, the Wuhan flu uh, came along. And that's exactly what it was, folks, is the Wuhan flu. But uh, what's expiring about what uh, you're, you're saying uh, uh, David, uh, David Williams is my special guest here today, and he is the president of Taxpayer Protection Alliance. Tell us, David, uh, how to get a hold of you, how to have people bring you to their churches, synagogues, or places of gathering uh, once we are, are back in the saddle. And I have a feeling we're going to be back in the saddle pretty soon. We will be. I believe in this country you know, deeply, and I believe that we are, uh, we are going to rebound. Our website is protectingtaxpayers.org. We have so much information. We talk about the Food and Drug Administration. We talk about the World Health Organization and just how they have failed the American taxpayer. But the World Health Organization has failed the world when it comes to health care. You know, just one quick number I want to give out there is that the World Health Organization spends $30,000 per employee per year on travel. This is first-class travel. These are people that refuse to drive in a Jeep. They have to take helicopters from, you know, place to place. So we're talking about an organization that is completely run amok of health care, of helping people, and of looking out for the taxpayer. So when Donald Trump made this announcement that he wanted to cut funding to the World Health Organization, I was ecstatic because I've been talking about this for years and just how the World Health Organization is a highly political organization that has been just taking hundreds of millions and billions of dollars from the American taxpayer. We are getting nothing. 
we are getting nothing for that money. Wow. David, when we're talking about the $3 trillion that uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and of course we spent money uh, already. Well, we haven't really spent all of the money that we've allocated at the beginning. When we talk about sloth, mismanagement, and that type of thing, and we look at the pork, the earmarks that um, have gone into the building of a trillion, $3 trillion bill, and you, you stressed coming into the show uh, just how huge a figure that is. Explain to our audience what, uh, an ear, what, how money is wasted through pork and earmarks, as you uh, many times uh, express. Yeah, so earmarks are basically projects that the government doesn't want. Well, the, the agencies don't want to spend that money, but one member of Congress says, I want X amount of dollars to go to this program or this project. And we saw that in the $3 trillion relief bill. I mean, look at the post office. They are having such deep fiscal problems. And they first they got $10 billion in the first relief bill. Now they want $25 billion more. Now, listen, the post office, they were having problems when Corona was just a beer and not a virus. <laughs> so yeah. why are we bailing out the post office? And there's no reforms included so it's just here's a blank check you don't have to do anything to reform the way that you're doing business and that's just irresponsible i mean there's not a i mean i wish there was a better word than irresponsible because it goes way beyond being irresponsible to give a blank check to an agency that has no plans for reform be sure to go to uh, follow me on twitter at rev cl brian david exactly what you're talking about i uh asked the question sure we know what this money is being spent for 25 billion uh to the post office are you kidding me I mean, give me a break uh here and they're gonna raise they're gonna raise the price of stamps again anyway uh folks i mean so uh, we're being played david you you're, you're shedding the light on it uh for sure sloth mismanagement is that the way um, America has done business. How long have we done business like that? How long have you noticed? You've been doing this for 27 years. You've been up there in the belly of the beast for 27 years. How long have you been seeing it go happen? For 27 years, unfortunately. <laughs> members, you know, members of Congress don't change unless we force them to. Because back in the late 90s, early 2000s, we had this explosion of earmarks. We had a, um, an indoor rainforest in Iowa. We had all these crazy projects. The Tiger Woods Foundation back in the day received an earmark, a federal earmark. Come on, Tiger Woods, you know, the, the richest man probably in the world or close to it, you know, gets an earmark from the federal government. Yeah. But you know why they stopped doing it? It's because we forced them to. We said, no more. We're not going to reelect you. If you keep on adding these earmarks, we're not going to reelect you. They don't do this out of the goodness of their own hearts. They do this because they're shamed into it, because they have to. And that's why it's so important come November that people know exactly what's in these relief bills and just how much money we're spending. And see how I just can't get over the fact that we're talking about trillions now when we look at pieces of legislation. It's just it's mind boggling to think that this is just, you know, the, the new standard. And I don't want to be the new standard, but it has become that in both. Listen, both parties have really accepted this and talking about trillions and relief bills that just my eyes glaze over at times. Taxpayer protection, no, protectingtaxpayers.org, protectingtaxpayers.org.
Org. Go there. Check out his work. Because, friends, the word that is coming to you and its gospel, we're being duped. We're being duped. And we need to wake up and we need to stand up against those people we have placed in office. We need to jerk their chains because we still have our hands on the chain. We pay their salaries. We do it. And we do still march to the voting booths to either elect or, or reelect these people to office. We're still in charge of this country, so let's take charge of it. And David is, is telling us uh, this. We need to uh, make sure that we have a, a steady hand on our economic future. David, uh, give the people one more time uh, uh, your uh, contact and how to get in touch. We're at protectingtaxpayers.org. We update the website almost daily, and we look at so many you know, different issues. We want people to be involved, so protectingtaxpayers.org. Send me an email through the website. more than happy to chat to anybody because we need to – this is the time for us to – take our country back and make sure that we're in control of the country and not bureaucrats. God bless and keep you, man. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. David Williams, thank you for being on with me. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was David Williams. Uh, and he's um, he's a hawk. He's watching that. He's, he's keeping an eye on the economy like a hawk. Yeah, he is. And he's bringing you the tidings of what's going on here. What's happening to you? Well, one thing is being what's happening to you is that uh, you are being uh, treated like a fool. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it to you as uh, <clears throat> so bluntly, you know, as that. But the fact of the matter is, uh, we as American people, quite frankly, you, we, us, we, uh, me and you, we're being treated like fools. And I'm, I, I don't know about you. Okay, I don't know about you. I'm tired of being treated like a f- fool. <laughs> and, 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 and especially when you can do something about it. The first thing you must do about it, you got to start, start saying, hey, listen, I see, you do know we, we can see you. Huh? That's the message that you, you're going to have to send to Pelosi and uh, anybody who's elected to public office from this point on. We want them to understand that when they start acting crazy and saying crazy stuff and stupid stuff, they, they, they're just not talking to uh, whatever group of people they have to be standing in front of trying to uh, please them. They need to know that we can see them. And because that crowd cheered you on doesn't mean that the group think has taken over everybody. See, that's what they're, 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 they bank on, the fact that you become uh, deranged in that syndrome of group thinking. Oh, yeah, you can get caught up in that. And that's how we're spending all this money. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, uh, wrap them all together. To, uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Presley, Omar. You wrap them all together and make them one person. They could not have spent the kind of money in eight years 
if they were elected president, is that one person that you wrapped them into? They could not have spent the kind of money that we have spent in the last three months trying to save our nation. And guess what? It may not have even been necessary. Oh, that's the that's the rumbling. Uh, it was just an exercise, just to see if we did this, if we touched this. What will they? How will? What? What will that do? If we. Hmm. What will that do? Americans, um, this may not have even been necessary. Oh, I know people died, but hey, listen. Um, if you actually took the statistics on the flu and how it affects older people I imagine you'd wear a mask all the time I imagine you would this whole exercise that we've been through it may not have been necessary at all Well, that's the rumblings. That's the new rumblings on the street. And, and hey, um, for a long time, I thought that this president would get out of office without uh, um, his demeanor changing and cracking and becoming a little older, looking older. Of course, all of us do that. But the presidency ages you. But it was it, in three years. It hadn't. It really hadn't affected Trump much. But it's beginning to show. And I think what's aging him most is the unnecessary things that he's having to deal with, the unnecessary things. I'm C.L. This is C.L. Bryant Show. We'll be back after these brief words. Thank you for coming along with us. I want to take up on something uh, Reverend Christine Coleman had to say a little bit earlier and what that interview meant to us as Americans. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. 
arms are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. In CL, back on this great day in the USA, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation. Um, earlier in the show, the first hour of the show, and if you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant show, be sure to download free the CL Bryant show, the T H E C L Bryant show on um, download your favorite device. Uh, follow us wherever you go, and um, all of the shows are archived there. At least the ones that I don't um, mess up in transition <laughs> from me to uh, my. Um, IT man, Jared. Let me. Um, oh yeah, sometime Michelle and I we put on a fantastic show, and then in the way that things have you know panned out, uh, I don't have the show. I mean, I never had to mess with the show. Um, I had people who did that, but now that I'm doing the show from home, which I really do like. Really do like whatever home I get from now on. I know why. You know, I I, I know why Rush. I mean, and Rush's place is really neat. I I, I know why Rush and, and sometimes even Hannity uh, does it from home. Although I've been to Hannity's studio, I know Hannity does it from a studio high above New York City. But this doing it from home is really really neat. I like this. Let's see, if we can make this happen from now on. Doing it from home. I had on with me earlier in the show, um, Christine, Reverend Christine Coleman. She's the author of the book SOS. Get it? At uh, ChristineColeman.org. ChristineColeman.org. I encourage you to get that book. Apocalypse. Uh, it's a Rwanda's 30-year apocalypse. Now, I want you to, I want you to check something out. Now, Rwandans, as far as skin color is concerned, all of them are black, right? The Tutsis and the Hutis, they are all black, right? They can trace ancestries back thousands of years. Word of mouth is handed down. Okay, they know, how, they know where they came from. They, if anyone has a sense of self, it's a small country like Rwanda of course broke off from uh, other countries and you know became independent my point is folks we many times like to try and boil everything down in this nation to being about race it is not it never has been really it's about economy Uh, even in the midst of slavery there were blacks who owned slaves it's about money the secret of America is money and either success or failure that's the secret of America America cares nothing about what the color of your skin is if you're successful if you have money they don't care Um, Anwar Sadat come here from uh, uh, Egypt and is treated like royalty. But if he didn't have any money and he came here from, I don't care where he was, looking like he looked, you go down to Mississippi back in uh, the 60s, 
uh, he's sitting on the back of the bus. <laughs> I don't care. But it had nothing to do with his color. It had to do with the society, but the society still respects the money. And the South, it changed a little bit differently, changed a little bit slower. I mean, because they were very wealthy. Jane Brown was wealthy. Uh, those acts that were coming through the South on the Chitlin Circuit in the South, uh, they had plenty of money to stay in all the hotels. And white folks, I thought that was just absolutely stupid when you look back on it in hindsight. And uh, you realize that y'all turned down, and y'all, gave, y'all turned away all that money for the sake of skin color. That was stupid. James Brown could not stay in a Holiday Inn or whatever, you know, there were back then. I don't think they had the, only in big cities that you have huge and fabulous hotels, but out on the road, uh, Holiday Inns were in Howard Johnson's were beginning to pop up. Black folks couldn't stay in them. My half-white father, um, I'll tell you that story. Oh, I'll tell you that story. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you that story. Not now, though. <laughs> you got to stay tuned. I'll tell you. I'll t- in fact, I'll, I might talk about it tomorrow or, or the next day. But anyway, I, as I mentioned to all of you, I'm, I, I want to reiterate something that um, Pastor Christine, Reverend Christine Coleman, said. And that... Um, the opportunities seen here in America when you're sitting in a place like Rwanda or Cuba anywhere like that Europe anywhere in Europe and you're poor and now I'm not talking about the elite here and you're poor it doesn't matter what color you are I have visited mission fields everywhere, even uh, and particularly in America, West Virginia, Brazil, Israel, you know, Mexico. Poverty, poor, po, smells the same. no matter where you go. It's, it has degrees and depending on the country that you're visiting, but it smells the same. It has a smell. Poor. Poverty has a smell. And it smells the same whatever continent you happen to be on. And so this is what Christine, Reverend Christine Coleman was talking about in her book SOS and I get it and I want you to get the book because I want you to to see uh, the courage the strength of this woman who is now in America, what she endured and you can imagine a woman alone, no family in the Congo for two, three years it wasn't easy. Christine survived that. 
And so, friends, it's not a white or black struggle. It's a human struggle that we wrestle and try to subdue to win whatever prize for ourselves as human, as human beings. And this is a struggle that we have now against this virus. But was this a crisis that was not wasted? Was there something created in the minds of America that will be used as a trigger, a frightening tool from this point on? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Have we grown from this? Did we learn anything from this as a society, as people? Are we able to see a bigger picture other than black and white or colors or brown or yellow? Are we able to learn from this, especially when you take into account the fact that we may be being manipulated by our own government? And I'm not saying that the president is trying to do it because they would want to try and dupe him too. They have duped him. They they actually ran the game on him. Listen, if you have any suspicion, think about it. If you have any suspicion about General Flynn being anti-American and friendly uh, uh, to the Russians against America and you're an outgoing president and you love your country and you're truly concerned about General Flynn being a double agent don't you think you need to tell duly elected president of the United States about your suspicions? Huh? I, I mean, you know, I gave you the example the other day, okay, you and I, uh, let's just say you and I, we're the 44th and 45th members of the most exclusive club perhaps the world has ever seen the world has ever known we are a part of that club it's called the president's club former president of the united states it's called the president's club and um 44 you're welcoming or at least you should be welcoming in the newest member to the club, and there's been other members who had views uh, like him, who have been even further right to the right than him. And your your job now, since you're going out, is to make sure that we continue doing what we have always done for 243 years, and that is to transfer peacefully power. 44, that's your job, is to transfer peacefully power to 45, as it has been done since George the first George Washington but there has not been a peaceful transfer of power because 44 did not want a peaceful transfer of power 44 is not going to play nice with 45 who is 
the newest member of the most exclusive club in the world. And what saddens me is that a liberal black man may now be caught up in the middle of one of the worst scandals America has ever known. He may have actually orchestrated that. Which means he has allowed himself to be used by the liberal pawns or the liberal pawn masters. They, he, they have allowed him, he has allowed himself to be brought to that place of being used. It's sickening, it's sad. Especially for me being a black man. To think, and you see, black people, they're not going to be on board with me with this. No. The identity that uh, he provided for us as a success story is something we uh, attach to him and not to us as individual black people. We see ourselves successful through the prism of him. Now, in many ways, there's nothing wrong with that because it's great that our nation has come to that point. However, I have to see myself as a success from the standpoint of Cleon Bryant, CL, Cleon Lewis Bryant. I have to see me as a success, my pocketbook as a success from my own vantage point because he can't see my vantage point. And I, I'm supposed to vote for people who are uh, waving my flag financially and socially. And, and, and it's great if you can get one who wave your flag spiritually. For me, Donald fits all those bills. Obama only fit one person of color. That, I mean, sure, black people pull for black people, white people pull for white people, but it should never uh, overshadow common sense. It should never overtake your own personal interest to vote for an emotional thing like color rather over the, the facts of life. Econ economics. That's a fact of life. I have said over and over and over, if you are making, oh, let's say $150,000 a year. Let's say you're knocking down hundred and fifty grand a year. You're black. You're black. And you're making hundred and fifty grand a year. Let's say you're making ninety grand a year. You're black. You're making ninety grand a year. But you're voting the same way as someone who makes twenty five to thirty thousand a year? One of you is a fool and is not 
the one who's making 30. <laughs> I understand why they vote the way they vote. But if they were smart, they would start voting like you should vote because that vote is for making more money on your own. Yeah, I can understand why a poor person would want to buy into that Democrat agenda, into that progressive uh, socialist agenda. I, I can, I can uh, understand why they would do that. Because of free stuff. When, you're, when you are making minimum wage or whatever that is, you know, when you're, when you're making free stuff is always good. I mean, that, that helps. Every little bit helps, right? But at long term, it hurts because eventually you do, as Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Maiden said, you run out of other people's money. Yeah, that's what happens. Eventually, we all get caught. And we have to come clean. Eventually, we all have to come clean. We all get caught. And you might as well come clean now and go ahead. Because believe this. You can believe this. And I'm going to reiterate this um, when we come back home stretch. Because these three things, perhaps four, are why we have wound up in this predicament. That's because we have forgotten our purpose. My pastor would be proud of me for saying that. He says it all the time. If you, when you forget, when you um, forget purpose, abuse is inevitable. When you fail to remember something's purpose, abuse is inevitable. Whether it's a wife or child or home or whatever, a comb or two, whatever it is, a gun, whatever it is. When you forget the purpose of it, abuse is inevitable. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you all for coming along with us here as we have built the bridge to conversation. Share thoughts and ideas that uh, you might find on this show with guests or in the monologues and so forth. And thank you so much for making our show as popular as it has become in this time frame. 12.05 in the east until 2 p.m. daily in the east. I'm CL. Be back. Close now. Just a minute. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth leaving So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. 
God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. I tell you what, I can't wait till I get someone to count me in and out again. Um, <laughs> that what the, that's what the deal is. It's uh, operator malfunction. Um, the breakdown of the American family has led us to, you know, this. And you may say, how is that possible? When we think about um, the money that we are spending, perhaps on something that was unnecessary, we see a nation that is suffering from the effects of a nuclear family, man in the home, woman in the home, teaching children to have common sense. If we had not strayed so far from that, it would be easy for us to understand that, okay, hey, if we can still go to the grocery store, Walmart, and meander around in there for 30 minutes to an hour, touching things that other people have touched, why then could we not go to our jobs and touch things mostly that only a very few of us and every one of them we know have touched? And certainly, why could we and have we not been able to go to church where we actually have people who we call our church members and all of us basically sit in the same areas of the church on Sundays and it's much actually easier to sanitize ourselves as members of the same organization doing the same things as we come into the church to make that sanitation possible it's much easier to sanitize all of us who are members of the same organization than it is to be careful at Walmart or the grocery store, King Super or somewhere. It's much easier. That's why I'm saying to you right now, it's uh, amazing how... Th- th- there are Illinois uh, Pritzer um, wants to um, jail jail time for business owners 
who, yeah, Governor Pritzker of Illinois wants jail time for business owners who uh, violate stay-at-home orders. Who the heck is he? You see, never forget this, what I'm about to say to you. Never forget that even though they want to be benevolent, I'm talking about socialist, progressive, communist, Marxist, liberals, even though their premise and their uh, uh, demeanor appears to be uh, docile, and we're here to help because we're from the government. Even though it appears to be that way, they want to be benevolent. They still want to be your masters. Benevolent though they may be, they still want to be your masters. Are you hearing me? And Pritzker is certainly one of those who would allow the power of the governor's chair to go to his head, as it appears it has. <laughs> oh, yeah, he lost his mind. You know, put bi- business owners in jail for opening up their business. Let me help you understand this. Jane and I always were doing something as far as trying to do a little business here and there, whether we were trying to flip a house or uh, trying to uh, keep a business uh, open or start a business. The last business that she and I had together was a uh, bed and breakfast um, there in Grand Cane, Louisiana, Cook Hill Bed and Breakfast. I believe you can still go to Cook Hill. There, I hadn't had any dealings with it now in about um, seven years. Um, but she and I, that was our business. We didn't own the house. We owned the business. We rented the business, and we had a bed and breakfast there. And Jane, of course, a chef, and she would cook and do all kinds of things. Oh, it was just fantastic. We poured ourselves for over seven years, over seven years, we poured ourselves into that business. I was traveling, doing my Freedom Works thing, and she was uh, doing the bed and breakfast thing, you know, and all of that type of thing, right? You know, for seven years we had that business. And before then, we had done, you know, churches. Of course, we were still pastoring churches and so forth while she had the bed and breakfast. And that was our life. That My point is this. We spend this journey here um, living our lives in all types of ways. And there are many ways, many things that we pour ourselves into. And many um, of my friends who have been in the same business, I've been in several different businesses over the last 25, 30 years, 35 years. Uh, But there are some friends that I have who have been in the same business for 25, 35, 40 years. The same business. They have built businesses. They are men who put their shoulder to the plow and they pushed. That's their life. That is their life. And they know that 
by them being cowardly, the baby that they birthed, that business will die if they don't go tend to it, if they don't see to it. And when you understand uh, business from that standpoint, when you understand that you have put yourself, your life into these, this business, it doesn't matter to you're going to take the chance. You're going to choose your business over Corona 19, of COVID, of COVID 19. You're going to choose your business. Because it is your family, it is your child, it is your life. If you were to tell me that I could not speak to a live crowd of people ever again, because the government's telling me that I can't do that, because of some, you know, we would have to find a way to overcome this, and that's what we're doing. We will have a vaccine for this. We will be who we were again. We will be. Americans again because we want and because we are putting our hands in the hands of the man who still the waters and calm the seas. We're asking him now in the name of Jesus to come and still the waters, calm the seas for us here in America. Calm the seas. Peace be still is what we need to hear you say, Lord. Be still. And we'll trust you for that as we have over these 243 years. We have trusted you. When there were slaves in this country, uh, it was you who said, Peace be still. And, and they went free. When we were trying to found this country before there were um, a country at all, you said, peace be still and let there be. And America came about. And you have looked after us over these years, these 243 years. You have looked after us. And you have made us exceptional. There are nations on this planet that have been here uh, 40 times longer than we have been in existence. But yet you have raised us up and you have made us great among all the nations on the earth. In just 243 years, you have done that for us. And Lord, we are grateful. Thank you. And so Americans, that's what we should be. Grateful for what we have been. And stop trying to find so much fault with what we were. We came through that. Let's not relive it. There's no reason for it. You, whoever you are in this nation, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you are right now, you may be listening to this show under a bridge, and I do know that there are many uh, people who are homeless in this country who do listen to the C.L. Bryant show. Oh, yeah, they have, they have uh, Wi-Fi under bridges. Homeless people, hey, they got it going on. A lot of them want to be that way. They just quit the rat race. They want to be that way you to understand something. You live in the greatest nation on earth. And whoever you are, wherever you are, right now, start toward where you want to be. 
start toward where you want to be. If that means first taking a bath, find a way to do that. Get your broom, stand out in front of the place. Old, old story goes, get your broom, just stand out in front of the place, be sweeping every day. Be there before they get there, be sweeping. Oh, they're going to notice you. They're going to ask you, why are you doing this? Oh, man, I, I just need me a job, and, and even though I don't have one, I, I'm just uh, showing you that I can work, and I'd be happy to work. I'd be happy to work. You may not start at the top. They may have you in just uh, sweeping the floor, but, hey, at least you got in by showing what you can bring to the table. That's what you need, America. That's the American spirit. And we thank God for the life, health, and strength in anybody's body who can start right there. And start right there. Uh, you know, you, whatever you may think of Puff Daddy, uh, P. Diddy, let me, let me tell you something. Work, went to the record company, worked for a whole year, didn't take no money. After that year, he was able to start his own record company. That's the American spirit. I don't care who you are, red, yellow, black, white, brown, whoever you are. That's, that's the American spirit. Let's go get it. Let's go do it. Let's take it back. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. And my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you. You.